Hello, I'm Joey Morgan. And I'm Carly Ross-Seibert. And welcome to Retail Is Podcast. The official Retail Alliance podcast where we talk about all things retail in Hampton Roads. Hello, welcome. We are joined here with Sonia Schweitzer uh, of The Intentional Marketer. You are a business coach and strategist and you run your own agency. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Um, hi, and thank you for having me. Uh, I am a Virginia Beach resident for the last 10 years, and then just recently um, I've hopped on the road and live out of an RV now and travel around the country with my husband. Oh, wow. So as long as there's internet, we can work. And so I run my agency remotely, and I do all my business coaching and my marketing agency work um, with my clients through video conferencing and, you know, and, and online. So... Um, I've worked for probably the last 20 plus years in marketing and business and uh, I love marketing. That's why I started the agency once I left corporate world. I decided to start my own thing and help businesses with their marketing efforts and help them with their online presence and really help them with their build their businesses. Excellent. And you are also... Kylie's sister, is that correct? I have to own up to that, yes. What do you mean own up to it? Own it. Well, yeah, that's not <laughs> Well, we took advantage of her being back in town because she came specifically to see me, of course, at Christmas. But, yeah, um, yeah we took advantage of that opportunity. Um, so you'll hear the same accent from both of us. I think yours is stronger. It possibly I. could be. Yeah. Little, yeah, I'd say yours is a little stronger, Kylie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been here a little longer. Mm-hmm. So I've been Americanized. <laughs> <laughs> so you have worked for like large and small yeah. um, companies and with different ranges of budgets. Um, most of our members, you know, we we know that they're tight with their budgets and um, as we are as a nonprofit as well. So today we wanted to sort of pick your brains a little bit um, about some of the top things you could do without spending a lot of money on marketing. So uh, what would you say would be the most important and the first thing at the top of your list? I think that the most uh, imp- the thing with the, this biggest impact is having a great brand. And I don't mean just a logo because a, a brand goes beyond being a, just a logo, but having a good brand and that's having really good messaging and a great look and feel um, and consistency so that when someone looks at your brand, they recognize it, they know about it, it tells the story. And um, it's it's something they can recognize anywhere, uh, online, offline. If someone's walking through the mall with a, a bag, shopping bag, they'll recognize the brand. So having a really good, strong brand with that consistency across all of the platforms, it's whatever the experience is in store should be the same online, on social, and someone will just get that whole look and feel from, and, uh, from that experience from seeing your brand. So that, so, that also includes like, your staff as well, the, right. the voice that you use, the language, the style, yeah. um, the font that you use. I think. Yes, yeah. I've seen many businesses who will look one way in store and then you go to their social media presence and they look like a totally different place. So having um, the, you know, owning the, the, getting, keeping one logo, one font, the color scheme. So it's not like there's not multiple facets to it. So it looks different everywhere, that there's consistency everywhere. Um, the message so that your staff know how to represent the store. What do you want them saying when someone walks in the store? What do you want that message to be when they go and shop online? Uh, what does the social media message look like? All of those things need to be consistent so that it's um, one strong cohesive brand. 
and use your staff to be your brand ambassadors. Have them wearing the gear with the logos on it, the messages. If there's a great tagline you're using, have them wear it, own it, and you know, sell that merchandise in store as well. So other people are advocating it for you. So to really uh, to help our members get this brand down, what do you recommend that they do? Should they get like a branding board together? Should they really have it written down and pass that out to all the employees? What do they need to do? Yeah, so I think the first step is is to to take some time um, somewhere other than in your store. So uh, I always recommend the best, best brainstorming happens when you put in a location that is totally un, uh, different than your normal normal space. Okay. So um, I've actually held brainstorming sessions in um, in children's in the children's section of a library. So you're sitting on small chairs, you put in a very different situation, but it makes you think differently. So go and sit at the beach, go and sit wherever it's comfortable. Don't sit in a coffee shop or in your store that you'd normally at. Go somewhere different and spend that time to just work out, okay, what is the key message I want people to know about my store? What's my tagline? What do I want want my staff to say? And most business owners can work that out on their own or an element Mm -hmm. of it and refine it over time. So you may not nail it the first day and it's okay. Over time, you may refine it once you speak more to your customers. But um, that's a good point, though. That when you say speak to your customers, when you're saying you know you may know what you want to say, you know what your brand wants to look like, but how much of it is that you know about your customers (laughs) to be able to Mm. know how to reach them through that branding, that storytelling, and so on. So part of that dialogue with yourself when you go off by yourself is to to start with the brand personas or your customer personas and that personas basically means is identifying your ideal customers who they are and what what language are they using when they're talking about your store so a lot of people use jargon when they're talking about their store or their products um, and it's their jargon it doesn't necessarily mean it translates well for a customer so the customer may not understand the language that you're using so try and listen to your customers if you've got customer testimonials customer testimonials Look at the language that have been used in the testimonials or look at your Facebook reviews and your Google reviews and what are the people saying? What words are they using to describe you and your business? Take those words and that becomes your message so that you're using the, the customer's own words that they relate to um, to talk about your, your brand, not mm-hmm. your words because that doesn't matter to anybody. The words that matter are what the customer is feeling and what the words that they would use. Right. So go through that process when you're kind of off on your own. Think about your customers. Come up with a uh, simple message and don't make it long. It doesn't. It doesn't need to be long. You just keep it short. Something simple and something that is repeatable. So um, it's just a short do it. sentence. Yeah, just just do it. It's perfect. Nike's kept that that message for years because it works. Just do it. And right? they simplified it further and further mm-hmm. from you know dropping right. their name from the logo to. Right. You know, being because it's, it's recognizable. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. But you but want you to start somewhere. Exactly. And you want a sentence that is repeatable so that your staff aren't thinking, oh, I need a cheat card that I have to read from whenever I need to talk about the brand. It, it needs to be super simple that they can just, it just comes out and it's easy and um, it's relatable by the customers and it's repeatable by your, you and your staff. Um, and it's, it's not, it sounds like it might be an overwhelming thing to do, but if you take that time to go away and just kind of put some thought into it and use your customer's information, uh, look at their reviews and use that to drive what you're saying, it, it's not as difficult as it sounds. Right. And it's not just for a new business. This could be done at any point in your, in your life cycle of your business. Right. And if you're, if you're in a stale point of your business, then this is a great way to kickstart it. 
Mm-hmm. That's great. To give great some advice. new life to your brand. All right. So, so if you have, you get your branding down, you have it all figured out. So now what are some other ways to uh, start marketing yourself for that? Sure. So the next part, and I, I actually did a presentation on this with um, Retail Alliance um, Strive, a Strive workshop, I think a few months ago. Email marketing is the, the simplest, easiest, and most cost-effective method of marketing. Um, for someone who's on a budget, even if you're not on a budget, you should be doing email marketing. Um, and the, the first step for that is to capture, how do you capture email addresses? So wherever you can, you want to capture an email address. And that could be on a website, it could be on your social media pages, it can be in store, that's probably the most effective for you is get, get that email address in store. When they buy a product from you, ask for their email address so you can give them promotional um, discount codes and things like that. So use some kind of incentive to, to, to get an email address and build an email list. Um, and it's cost effective for, I think for MailChimp uh, as one of the, you know, most commonly used email providers out to the first thousand email addresses is free. So until you hit that point, you're not paying any money. After that, it's just incremental cost. So, um, and you'll see a return on your emails because you're engaging with people who have raised their hands. They've basically said, yes, I'm okay with you sending me an email. And yes, do you get a lot of junk email? But whenever someone's thinking of buying a specific product and your brand's been sending them emails, you know, over a period of time, they're going to think of your brand, not the guy next door, because they're not emailing you. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, build that email address list. And what do you do if there's the next step then? Like you were saying, you know, send them emails, but is there a formalized way to do that? Mm-hmm. So there's multiple ways to do it. I think there's, um, when someone gives you their email address, you want to thank them for sending giving them your email address. So the first thing you do is set up a series of emails and it can be three or it could be five where it's automated as soon as an email goes into your list you can send them an, e- an email goes out automatically saying thank you for signing up here's a special discount code just for you um, and then every every let's say week or two or three whatever cadence we call them but whatever frequency you like now, send out an automatic email just to remind them that you're around, they've got that discount code, come in the store and use it, um, that there's a limited time on that discount code. Um, and this is one type of incentive. You could use, you know, another, you come in for a free gift or something like that. So that's called an automated email series. And then the other is where you come up with um, a frequency of emails that um, is more, that's automated. So you set it and forget it. Then you have the ones where you're sending out news, sales, announcements, um, uh, incentives, mm-hmm. or you know, you've got an event coming up. And that, those emails are, you know, you have a, I would set a frequency for it. So you don't, uh, you hold yourself accountable. Um, whether it's a weekly email or a monthly email, and also your customers get used to receiving them on that frequency. Uh, just set yourself a goal and say, I'm going to send an email once a month to all my customers. And you're talking about announcements. Uh, in the store or, you know, whatever it may be. So two types of different types of emails. The, the first one, the automated one is short. They only get it for a set amount of time. The other one is the, the ongoing, what we call a nurture email campaign, where you're mm-hmm. nurturing that relationship. One thing that I really like about MailChimp and Constant Contact is how easy it is to uh, create your layouts and designs for those. They have a lot of like templates. really good templates. Yeah. And a cool yeah. thing yeah. is drag if you drop. drag yeah. and drop, yes. And yeah. what I do often is if I see an email that I really like, and it may not matter the content. If I just like how it's laid out, I'll save it. 
then I'll take our brand, a retail alliance, and I'll try to sort of copy it yeah. when we do one of our promotions. I'll look at that it's email and be idea. like, okay, let's mix our brand into it a little bit, but yeah. use the same format. It's a great idea. So you're not starting from scratch. Mm -hmm. And um, even if you have a template from MailChimp, you still, and if, but if you find a, a template that you like that someone else is using, use that. If you like a design, something stood out to you in an email you've received, we get thousands of emails a day. So what is it that stands out to you? And repeat that, copy it, borrow it from that person and, and use that for your own. So good idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So in terms of, you know, you were saying how cost effective that is, um, would you say, I mean, I know this is getting a little technical, but when you're talking about um, the cost of customers, of getting a customer in, I know that you've talked about this before about- Cost um, of acquisition. Yeah. yeah. Um, is that something that you need to think about or is it not that important in the whole scheme of Absolutely. So if you're going to put any effort in, even though these are low cost or no cost marketing tactics, there's still a cost to it because it's still your um, your time. So if you're thinking about the time invested as well, that uh, for email marketing, the return on investment is higher than any other marketing channel, period. That includes paid advertising as well as the, anything free that you're doing. So email marketing has the highest return on investment than any other marketing channel. Um, there is a statistic, and I can't recall it, but it's it's like 40% more or something like that. So uh, exponentially more than any other marketing channel. So the time you put into an email campaign, if you think about it, um, let's go back to the, the comment I made before. These people are hand raises, so they're not cold leads. These people are warm leads. You're now, they've already bought from you. So keep making them buy from you because they already have a relationship with you. So continue that relationship with them. Um, and it, they're easier to convert than someone who's cold. Mm -hmm. The other thing I just wanted to add too is, um, and I know we do it in our organization, you can segment your, mm -hmm. your, um, your lists mm -hmm. as such. So, you know, you can, you know, when you're collecting them from the website, you can group them that way. So mm -hmm. you can have a, you know, like a drip nurturing campaign aimed at ones who are, you know, who have shopped with you versus ones who have just seen you online mm -hmm. and have, you know, subscribed that way. Right. So um, you can do different types of communication. Yeah, and your message would be different. Yeah. So thank you for visiting our website. Um, you know, give them a different incentive because they haven't bought from you yet. Right. yet. The ones in store, they've already bought from you, so you incent them differently or you give them a different type of offer or a different type of announcements because they're different. So, yeah, yeah that's going to get a little bit more in, um, just to get through the – through the in door and get started, I would, you know, just, just think simply and just think about building an email list. That would be kind of phase two, is that, you you know, segmenting and doing separate emails for that. Now, that is an investment in time, setting up these emails. But once you're on a run, once you've done one or two of them, they kind of become a lot easier to do. And your automated email is a set and forget. So once you've set it up, it's set there for, you can leave it for six months and it just runs in the background. Mm -hmm. Um, I know we spend a lot of time on that, but I think it's yeah. one of the most, mm -hmm. as you say, cost-effective yeah. ways to market. Yeah. Um, so what would be your second? Well, no, actually, that was our second that after branding, second. email yeah. marketing. What would so be another? Another one? Yes. yes. Not, let's not, another the, one. the next few, mm -hmm. the next three, let's say we're going to cover three. Um, those next three are kind of not in priority order. But mm -hmm. um, social, obviously, is, is one that will come up with everybody. Um, everybody talks about having to have a social presence and so how do you manage that um, and what's the the impact of that to your marketing so having 
when 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 you think about it, whenever you shop, you uh, or think of buying something, you do some research. So having that brand presence on social media is important because people are going to go look for you or look for you know products that you sell. So having that is important. Then what you do on the social is even more important. So the the thing that differentiates brands on social media is how engaging they are on social media. So you can go to pages where they're just posting stuff and that's it. And then you go to other pages where there's a lot more different types of content. Um, they're, 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 they're sharing videos and they're sharing product stories. They're showing customer stories and there's a variety of content going on. And that to me would be a brand I'd probably buy for more so than the one who's just you know posting things um, randomly without mm -hmm. much strategy going into it. So if I was to think of a, a retail store, um, the number one social media channel I would focus on is Instagram because it is all about, um, it's a search engine. It's like Google, but for images. So if you use the right hashtags, then people will be able to look for that hashtag if they're looking for, uh, and I've done this where I was looking for um, a certain type of um, clothing uh, item in Virginia Beach. I've used the hashtag um, for that clothing item and then hashtag Virginia Beach and I found those products tagged and you know the stores then because I clicked on the image and then I've gone to the store and I've seen where I could buy those types of products so if you think about it that way how do people use Instagram mm -hmm. then and and not so much how am I going to use Instagram but how do your customers use Instagram and then how should I what should my strategy be then to be posting on Instagram and use your staff to do it so if someone's buying something, have them stand there with the product in the store and then tag that and um, use relevant hashtags um, for that. But Instagram, I think, is the most important for retail stores. And then for uh, other businesses, the, um, Facebook is also important. So um, doing Facebook Lives, doing um, Facebook posts, and having that Facebook presence is important. Will your stuff be seen by anyone unless you pay for it? Probably not, not likely, but um, if you, you know, are willing to invest a small amount of money. The most, the cheapest marketing you can pay for is on Facebook ads. Um, it's because you can you can pay a small amount of money. You can hyper target. You can geo target. You can pick the people you want to have see the ad, and then you can turn it on and off, and you can set your budget. Mm -hmm. So if you uh, you know only have a very small budget to spend, even fifty or hundred bucks a, a week or a month to spend, then Facebook ads would probably be worth the investment. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Um, and also with that, would you suggest that um, you said that like your staff could do like the Instagram and so on. Do you recommend, um, I know this all comes down to resource and budget, um, but is it something that you could do yourself as a business owner? Absolutely. I know many that do it on their own, um, but they, you know, if you have a staff, then help you know, leverage them. But if you don't have a staff, then yeah, take the, you know, it, it should take no more than 30 minutes a day, maximum, to do any of these things. So if you have time during, you know, a slow period in the day or half an hour before you even open the store, that, that's your advertising or your marketing time. Just you have to time block it, um, especially if you're a one-man show. Do time blocks and, and that's one of your time blocks is that you do 30 minutes of um, for your social. And you don't have to post things straight away unless you're doing Facebook Live. No, keep, save there's, them there's in. There's a schedule yeah. in a lot of those yeah, apps absolutely. now. I guess if yeah. you're especially doing it from that suggestion in the mornings or mm -hmm. a 30-minute block is always 
be taking video and pictures of all the events that you're doing. Absolutely. Save them up. <laughs> yeah, save them up. Exactly. Have them in your phone because when yeah. you get time to post something, you don't want to have to take the time to go wander around your store looking for a thing to take a yeah. picture of. You want to be able to just scroll through your phone and be like, oh, okay, that was, a, that was a fun event. Let's uh, post about that. Yeah, mm -hmm. I was at an event last week in Vegas with a, with a client of mine, and it was a very big event. Um, and we haven't posted the images yet. I've saved them all because I want to go, and we're going to post about it next week. And that's okay because it doesn't matter whether, you know, the event was last week or that we talk about the fact that it was last week. We still have these things showing it, and, and for us, it was about humanizing the brand. So we had pictures of all the people that were there attending from our company uh, so we could show them in, you know, at this conference. Exactly. And so those are the type of things, too. People like to put faces to brands. They want to know who they're Absolutely. buying from. 100%. Like you were saying about how do people use social media. I know personally when I go to a business or something that I'm considering buying from, like I use their Facebook more yeah. as a… Research? As a yeah, research as a way to like just vet them to make sure that they're mm -hmm. legit. It may not be any item that I'm buying, but I want to like look at their Facebook and see that they've posted something in the last six months or that and, they and I don't know if I'm people super, seem happy or <laughs> I don't know if I'm a super crazy researcher, but I've even gone on their Facebook pages and seen and looked for the images of the people who work there. So I know who I'm when I go into oh. a store, I'm like, that's the owner. I, uh, okay. To be honest, though, I mainly I mainly use Facebook to see if the business is open or not on a holiday. Mm -hmm. That's the and number one thing I use it for. Yeah, I never even nowadays, go to the websites for that anymore. Because it has much more fresh content than going to someone's website. Oh, 100%. Yeah. So, you know, well, some people use people, it as their website. That's the, that is their yeah. website. I um, wouldn't necessarily. And that's one point I did write mm -hmm. down here was that the difference between like email marketing and um, your website is the fact that you own the content, the content and the platform in a way. You're right. paying for it. Whereas Facebook and any of the social sites, you're yeah. relying on someone's algorithm, whether you are seen or not. And, you and know, they, and on their, well, yeah. and that too. Yeah. Mark could just take security. his ball and go yeah. home one day. Yeah. Well, that's just right. Shut it all yeah. down. Yeah. So, Absolutely. 100%. You must have a website as simple and, you know, whatever's in your budget, just have a website. And then have your social media presence as well. This is not a one or the other. You, you should have all mm -hmm. um, and whether if you can't afford it to build a website now that's you know have it in your strategy to make sure you're building a website um, you're 100% correct your Facebook page can be hacked at any time you're you are having to pay to play on most social media channels which means you have to pay in some way for your stuff to be seen whereas your website is there you own it you own all that content you own all the imagery no one can steal any of that stuff and no one can shut it down or hack it yeah well, they can hack it. Well, they can hack it. Yeah. But <laughs> well, hopefully, you've got precautions. Yes. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. Okay. So, going on from that, then, yeah. um, and we talked about content, making things fresh. Mm -hmm. What is some sort of oh, strategy? Yeah, leading, yeah, this is a good question, Carly, because I we talked about this a little bit earlier. Um, the next thing I think would be video strategy. And even though that can be part of social and it can be a part of email, video uh, as a strategy. Uh, is something that, that is fresh and new and gives space to a brand, humanizes a brand, and it brings it to life, your products, the experience someone has in the store. It allows you to tell a story like no words can express. So um, it's super important to have some level of video strategy in place. And I know that you guys um, have been doing a lot of video lately, and I know that you've made it simple for yourselves to be able to create video. Um, so I'm going to actually give you an opportunity to tell us how you make it easy because we don't want people having to buy 
super you know, fancy cameras. Oh, no, not at all. Anything like that. So how do you make it simple for... Oh, 100%. Oh, sorry. We got a we got a phone call. Kylie, Kylie, Kylie's bored. No. I know. Sorry about that. No, no. Uh, yes, people hear um, about creating their own videos and they get a little nervous. It seems like it seems like they think it's a huge undertaking, and it really doesn't have to be and expensive. Yeah. It does not have to be nowadays. I would assume, maybe incorrectly, but I assume most people that are business owners have at least a phone, at least an iPhone three. Hopefully a smartphone. Hopefully a smartphone at this point. <laughs> no, it's those camera flip phone. That's becoming yeah. the trend again. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. True. Yeah, but even those good cameras. <laughs> but at this point, any of our phones that we're using can shoot completely great video for social media, especially, or any of these videos that you need to do. Uh, just a quick note, hold it horizontal. Mm -hmm. I don't want to see any vertical videos out of this with the bars on the side. If you're doing a video, flip your phone horizontal and get a nice, good shot. That's unless a, you're doing Insta stories. Unless, um, oh yes, unless it's yeah, an Insta story. Think of the platform you're doing it on. Very true. Insta story Good point. The other way, so hold it. Yeah. <laughs> so. But yeah, so as far as the video goes, um, you just if you're having an event, if you're doing something, we do them at our retail meet and greets. We do them at the breakfast clubs. Is shoot a little video, uh, watch some things that you've seen online that you enjoy, and you know the thing to look for is faces. I would say smiling, happy people yeah. is a easy way to get a lot of good shots. And uh, as far as editing goes, there's a lot of free software. You could just Google the App Store. What is it on Android? It's Google Play. Google yeah, Play, yeah. You can. Store. Yeah, the, on, the... on iPhone, you just use iMovie, which is an app on your phone. Oh, yeah. You can, yeah, you can do all the editing just within the phone. So it's super simple. That was the daunting thing for me when I first looked into video a couple of years ago was I, I can point and shoot. That's easy. But how do I do all the editing stuff? Because I'm not that technical. Mm. So... That was the overwhelming point of like, I, I can't really can't get into video. And then I realized how easy it was and that it doesn't have to be overly produced. That, it really doesn't. Um, yeah. I mean, actually the stuff that's more, um, less produced is the stuff that I think people relate As to. As you talked to with the branding earlier, people want real. Yeah. They yeah. want things to be real. A lot of times you don't even need to edit the video. If you're just going to be sitting Point here shooting. with the three of us yeah. talking, just record it and yeah. put it up on your uh, social media, put it up on your website. People will like that. <laughs> it's real time, real life, right? It's, it's not hard. Um, yeah. yeah, people love that behind the scenes and seeing, you know, you know opening that curtain and sort of giving that. 100%. To, business. Uh, to talk on uh, business a bit, though. So if you are doing videos to announce sales or to announce special products coming in, uh, a big thing that you need to do is caption them, especially with social media. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you guys have seen those numbers about how many people actually turn the audio on on the Facebook videos, but it's it is somewhere that. down in like the 8% yeah. of people listen to the audio on a video nowadays. That's because often they're watching the video in a public arena and they mm -hmm. don't want to interrupt everyone around them. So they, uh, I do this where I'm watching my Insta stories and I have the sound off, but I, if I, I can read the captions, yep. there, and there are little tools that you can, little apps that you can use to caption, it'll automatically caption your, whatever the text is that's the, the verbal text. Yeah, Especially if you, uh, if you do use the Insta stories, Instagram has a lot of powerful tools for uh, captioning everything. Yeah. A lot of cool things that make the videos just stand out. Exactly. Uh, give it that edge of polish that yeah. you don't need to be an expert to do. No. My number one tip for anything to do with marketing or anything to do with business is Google the question that you have. Because um, I've done this when I've been playing around with websites and you know when I've tried to do things on Instagram and I have no clue and I'm stuck and I'm like, how do I caption 
my Insta stories and you will find the answer in Someone will know until you. Everyone, but there's answers everything. There's Google has the answers to everything. No so. question has ever been asked that isn't on Google already. Exactly. So yeah, if you don't know the answer and you feel intimidated by something, just Google it, and start, they'll be able to tell you the answer. And if you have a question that nobody's answered on Google, tell me what it is. Like I'd be yeah. curious to see a question <laughs> that nobody already question. has on Google yeah, answered. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, well, we're getting a little tight on time. Mm -hmm. uh, what else would you want to touch on the before that? The last thing I, I wanted to touch on was events. So I think this is a, a um, and, and if, you know, everyone's probably used to doing events of some kind. Um, but I wanted to talk about a, diff, a couple of different types of events that maybe people aren't thinking of uh, or aren't top of mind to them. So, you know, you have your, your regular in-store events that you may do seasonal things where it's Christmas time and the holidays, so you're celebrating those. Um, what else can you be doing to um, enhance your event? Uh, event management or event marketing um, and Carly actually mentioned one uh, a little earlier to me which was the American Express Shop Small Saturday so that's something you can kind of grasp onto and and ride that that pony mm -hmm. because they you get all the free materials that yeah. they send out to you yep mm -hmm. so leverage whatever you hear about school probably has some things they do lover that you know retail lines you guys you put on different events and things like that Open houses, obviously, in stores, but one of the big ones for me is collaborations with others. So um, you can always have your marketing uh, effort, and whether that be money or time, by collaborating with somebody else and have someone else help you with that effort. So if you, if someone has a store that's compatible to yours, why not go and do a pop-up in their store and collaborate with them on an event and do, that might be a wine tasting, it might be you know, um, if, if you've got uh, clothing, you know, maybe it's clothing that you bring along on a rack and it's a pop-up um, sale or something like that. Now or you've got store. chocolate and they've got a boutique. Exactly. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Or and chocolate then, or anything, really. And, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't know, if you don't know uh, some businesses that might be appropriate, we can help you with that. Yeah, that's a good idea. Let, reach out to us and yeah. we'll uh, and set you up with somebody. Exactly. But there's, you're halving your effort at that point because you've got them promoting it as well as you. And you've and got you're you're doubling your efforts doubling, too on social. And you're um, also exposing yeah. yourself to a much broader market. Mm -hmm. So you're doubling your audience opportunity. So I think those types of collaborations are, are key. Um, and then anything experiential, uh, which basically means hands-on. So uh, experiential marketing is a massive thing in the marketing world. And that just is hands-on um, hands workshops. Um, where anyone has an opportunity to go and actually try something before they buy it. Have, you know, a workshop day or an experiential day where someone has an opportunity to come in and try things on or try to build something. Or, I mean, the biggest, uh, I think, um, the uh, what success stories I think lately I've seen in retail have been these, you know, paint your own things. Mm -hmm. And DIY. Um, and DIY, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So anything where there's that hands-on thing, I think is a huge, huge opportunity for success. Um, and then pop ups themselves. Just see if there's any a, um, anywhere you can partner with and take your your products along and do a pop up um, environment. Those pop ups um, are can be instant hits and um, have a very yeah. small investment in Even time. Even farmers markets, you Perfect. know, they yeah. have a couple of those just to test it out. I yeah. mean, if you fail, yeah. what well, sort of investment have you made? I'm well, then you're exposing yourself to a different audience, right? So rather than be in your own store waiting for people to come to you, you're now going somewhere where your target audience might be and target customers might be at that farmer's market. So, mm -hmm. yeah, so events is another one, I think. Yeah, and uh, 
Make sure you're taking video and pictures of everything you're doing. <laughs> Perfect. There's your content. There it is. It's like yeah. a 360 view of the marketing. Yeah. And put that on your email marketing and put it in your social media and, yes. you know, have a couple of these things posted on your website. And make sure the brand's on point. Exactly. As easy as that. Yeah. All right. It can be. Well, yeah. thank you very much for uh, coming by. Thanks for having me. This is fun. All right. You can do it again. Thank you.